a wise man uh, once said that a person can live 40 days without food, they can live about three days without water, they can live about eight minutes without air, but they can't live one second without hope. They can't live one second without hope. Why? I think it's because without hope, they end up feeling like that defeated boxer in the corner of the ring who's ready to throw in the towel and saying, I don't want to go back in there. I've lost. It's over. I'm done. Just throw in the towel. I can't go on anymore. I've had it. I have no hope. I saw a, a picture that really um, got to me this week. Uh, it was a picture of a man who, uh, his name is Larry. And this picture was taken by a man by the name of uh, Dennis Kelly. And if they say that a picture is worth a thousand words, I think when I look at Larry's picture, there's a thousand word story there. And as you get to the end of Larry's story, it's going to be one that ends with hopelessness. That's Larry's story. What's your story this morning? What is your picture like this morning? Might it be one of you come here and you're just feeling quite hopeless? As we do life together, I know that there are many of us coming into this season and we're like, yeah, I, I'm there. I've just gotten news of a very difficult diagnosis. Yeah, I'm, I'm there because this relationship that I once thought was so strong and secure suddenly is fractured and broken apart. Yeah, that's me. That's my picture. I'm there because the financial news that we just received, I don't know how. We're going to go on. This child that I've been reaching out to and trying to deal with, I can't see a way forward. Might you have a, a picture of, of hopelessness this morning as you come and gather here today? Because I think as we live life in this lost and broken world, I think in many ways Larry's picture is a lot of our pictures. But here's the good news for you today. Because we are people of good news. And the good news is this, the light has come. And because the light has come, you can have hope today. That's the good news. Because the light has come, you can have hope today. By definition, when we, when we take that word hope, often it means for us something that we, we wish for. Like for this Christmas, for example, I wish for a 55-inch QLED smart TV. I know that was kind of oddly specific, wasn't it? I wish for that. That's what I would love to see underneath my Christmas tree this year. 
And so what I'm implying there is, well, I don't really not think that that's going to happen, but I certainly hope it might. I wish that it might be under my tree. You have no confidence. In fact, the reality is probably on that day, it's not going to be there. But it might. I'm hoping that it might. We hope for lots of things. We use that word in that way in a lot of ways for things that I wish might come true. But the interesting thing is the way that we use the word hope is the exact opposite way that, the, the, that, that is the biblical use of the word hope. Because the biblical use of the word hope is a certainty. The biblical use of the word hope is a done deal. I know this to be true, and because this is true, tomorrow I know this is the way it's going to turn out, and my hope is in that. My hope is in that certainty. It's in that truth, and I know it to be a done deal. That's the biblical source of hope. And this morning, we put our source of hope in the light that has come. And what does light do in darkness? It shines. The light overtakes the darkness. And so if we think of that hopelessness that we have come with, that darkness that maybe is is where we find ourselves, that picture of Larry where we're at today, into that darkness because the light has come, when light comes into the darkness, it shines. When light comes into the darkness, it overtakes the darkness. I've been on that tour in uh, uh, Cave, uh, Cave City, Kentucky, right? Mammoth Cave. Others have the joy of spelunking at Mammoth Cave. And you get in the middle of the cave underground there, and they kill all the lights. And it's just pitch, but I mean, nothing. You can't see anybody next to you. You can't see anything at all, just dark. And then they light a match. And that little match, that little flicker of light, dispels the darkness, and suddenly we can see all around us. That's what light does. I saw it the other night at a concert. We were attending this concert again. It was all dark, and then it was one of those moving songs, and so somebody thought it would be cute to like light their phone up, right, and hold it up in the air and then wave back and forth. And soon the whole arena was filled with this light shining from all these little phones because light dispels the darkness. And that's what Jesus does. When Jesus comes into our world, the light has come and it dispels the darkness. And that's the good news that we have to believe. That's the good news that we have to hold on to today and that we grab with certainty is that when Jesus comes into the world, he is the one who will bring us hope. And we heard that in the reading that Corey gave us in Matthew. And I just want to look at those words again. These are the words that Matthew Matthew quotes the words of Isaiah and applies them to Jesus. And Matthew said these words about Jesus, a bruised reed he will not break. Matthew, I'm sorry, Matthew 12, verse 20. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he has brought justice through to victory. In his name, all the nations will put their hope. Do you see what Matthew is saying here about Jesus and the hope that we have? He says, a bruised reed he will not break. 
back in the days of the Bible, they would use uh, reeds that they would find down by the water, papyrus reeds, and they're little like tubes. And they would fill the tubes with ink, right? Much like our modern ink pens today. That was the technology of the day. They would fill it. But when that reed got bent, or when that reed got bruised, it could no longer hold the ink. It would no longer do the job. Most people just simply took that reed, snapped it over their knee, and tossed it aside. But Matthew, in talking about Jesus, says a bruised reed he's not going to snap and break and toss aside. A bruised reed he will not break. When you're at the very end, when you don't think you can go on, when you think you're in the corner and you're ready to throw in the towel, when your picture is one of hopelessness, at that point Jesus just doesn't walk away from you and say, yeah, it's over, pal. Jesus brings hope. He brings light into your darkness because a bruised reed, he will not break. In a smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. Again, an image from the Bible time. They used the, the long strips of linen as their wicks. They put oil in them. And when they got to the very end, instead of a flame, they would just start smoldering and they would just start going out. Uh, they were done. And most people would just walk up and squeeze them out and ditch it and get rid of it. But this says, a smoldering wick, he will not break. Where the world looks at you and says, you are without hope, Jesus comes and says, uh-uh. You have hope because I'm the light of the world. I have come into the darkness. In a bruised reed, he will not break. A smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. And because of that, in verse 21, in his name, the nations will put their hope. The nations will put their hope because we know that's true, right? Certainly, we know that's who Jesus is, the light of the world. He's dispelling our darkness. He's not going to throw me away. He's not going to take me at the end. He's going he's to give me what I need, and because of that, with certainty, I put my hope in that. I know it's going to be true, that my dark days tomorrow are going to be filled with light because Jesus has come. And how can I stand here and... And say that to you when you're like, oh my goodness, Pastor Bob, you don't know my life. You don't know where I'm at. You don't know what's going on. You don't know the extent of my hopelessness. How could you, how could you even say that to me? There's no way anything could get any better. You know how I know? It's right here. Right here. Emmanuel, God with us. God said, you don't believe me? I'm going to show you, and I will send myself into the world to show you hope, to be the light that has come into the world. And read the good news. That's why we call it good news. Jesus came into the world to be the light that has come. And read his story. You're a leper. Nobody wants to touch you. You're hopeless with leprosy. What does Jesus do? He cleanses. You're sick. What does Jesus do? He heals. You're blind. What does Jesus do? He brings sight. You're carrying too much burdens. What does Jesus do? He lifts them off you and releases them from you. <coughs> Excuse me. You are lost. What does Jesus do? He drops everything to come find you. You're confused and you're seeking uh, about life and don't know what to do. What does Jesus do? He comes and he brings truth. Read the good news. It's page after page after page of Jesus coming into the world, dwelling, living with us, showing that he brings hope into the world. That's what he does. 
Don't believe me. Believe the word of God. Believe the testimony of those who experience this hope. And we know this, that God is the same today as he was yesterday, and he will be tomorrow, and I can put my hope in that. Because I know this to be true, I can have hope. Jesus has come again into the world this Advent season to give you hope and to dispel the darkness in your life. <coughs> the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 6, 19, says, we have this hope. It's an anchor for our soul. It's an anchor for our soul. That was the image that the early Christians used was an anchor. It wasn't a cross. Because the cross was a symbol of, um, well, it was really was uh, of, of execution. It was a symbol of, it was mockery punishment. and punishment. You didn't use the cross because that's where criminals, and so to say your leader, that's what you're putting your hope in, that didn't make any sense. But they used a cross, however, or they used an anchor. However, you notice in the middle of an anchor, there is a symbol in the middle of an anchor, which is a cross. And they used the anchor, that was their symbol, to say, that's where my hope is. It's in Jesus Christ. And these are etchings from, from first and second and third century tombs of people who have died, and they etched into their tombs anchors. Why? Because that was their hope. Because they knew the good news of a Savior who has come as the light of the world to dispel our darkness is true. And so they live with the anchor. And so if we will, can you today, maybe you're here and, and you're feeling hopeless, might you be able just to take your rope and just toss it around that anchor today? Could you just toss it around there and say, yes, that's what I'm going to hold on to. That's what I'm going to hold on to. To Jesus. I have another picture for you. This is a picture, which you can see here, hangs on the wall uh, at our house during, uh, during Christmas time. It hangs right above our, uh, our little advent there, uh, that, the nativity that we have. And it is a picture, uh, I wish that I had the real print, but I think many years ago it just resonated with me and I tore it out of like a Christianity Today and framed it. It's a picture by Ron Dessini, and it's called Simeon's uh, Pride. Simeon's Pride. And it just resonated with me when I first uh, saw it. Uh, many of you know Simeon's story. It's found in Luke chapter 2. Uh, Simeon was a devout uh, man of God. And Simeon had one thing that he desired most, and that was to see Israel restored. He knew the glory of God's people, that God had come to Abraham and said, uh, I will be your God and you will be my people. But we know the history of God's people and how much they rejected God and how much they turned on God and how much they were calling out to God for a Savior. And Simeon knew that God would be faithful to his promises and would uh, once again restore Israel and give them a Messiah and give them a Savior. And that's what he believed in and that's what he hoped for. And I don't know how it happened, but the Holy Spirit came to Simeon and said, Simeon, you will not die. You will not pass away until your eyes have seen the Messiah, till you have seen the Savior of the world. And so can you begin to see this, 
this older man, every, every morning, getting up, making their way to the temple. And what makes his heart beat? Maybe today. Maybe today is the day that I'm going to see the Messiah. His heart is beating. Maybe today, God's sending his Savior into the world. Maybe it's today. This old man got up every morning, and that was what made his heart beat. And then there's that moment in the temple, I can just see it, where he turned, and he saw Mary and Joseph coming in with the baby Jesus. And can you see him suddenly, the energy just pour into his body? <coughs> and see this old man straighten up? And see his whole being just begin to pulsate again with energy because the hair <laughs> over there, there's the Messiah. And he grabs the baby out of Mary's arms and he grabs it and he twirls it. Oh, it's the Messiah. It's come, he's come, he's come. Here he is. Oh, yes. God was true to his promises. Oh, oh I love this child. Oh. That's what I see when I look at that picture. I see hope. I see a picture of hope. I put it above our nativity because it reminds me that God is faithful. He said, I'm not going to leave you in the dark. I have come. I've won victory over the world. I'm sending my light into the world to shine into the darkness and overtake the darkness. That's who he is. And that's the good news, friends. He's here for you today. The light has come into the darkness so that you can have hope today. So I just want to ask you, where's, what, what's your picture today? What picture? Do, do you come with a picture of Larry? Hmm? Because you can end with a picture of Simeon. Look at these two pictures. Contrast them. Can we put them on the screen? See the two pictures? The one is what the world does. Robs us of our hope. Makes us live in the darkness. That's where the enemy wants to keep us. Feeling hopeless, feeling defeated, feeling discouraged. But our God who loves us said, I love you so much that I will give my only son to come into this world to be your hope. And your day can be different. And friend, I just want to encourage you today to say today, I want my picture, not to be Larry, but to be Simeon. That's my picture of hope. And so right now in this, I just thought the best thing that we can do is just to leave a few moments and just leave some time for you to think about your life. And maybe you're here and you are feeling hopeless. And I want to give you a chance in this service to have your Advent season and to have this year be a different year because you've received the hope of Jesus Christ. And so I just want to ask you, during these next few moments as the music plays, just welcome you to come forward and just kneel right here at the steps and say, I receive the hope today. I receive the hope today. I receive the hope today. This hope that I have been looking for, I'm going to grab a hold of it today and I'm not going to let it go. And I'm going to live in that hope today. And maybe you're here today, and you're, you're feeling okay, but you know somebody who is without hope. You know a loved one. You know a neighbor. You know a coworker. 
Could you stand in the gap for them today? Could you intercede for them today? Could you offer the prayer? Because God works through his prayers. That's how God works is through the prayers of his people. Could you come and could you pray on their behalf? The greatest gift you could give them is to stand before an almighty God and say, God, can they receive hope today? They need it, God. Would you hold on to them? I know there's hope that's needed in this place today. I know that light needs to come into the darkness. And so I want to ask you today, just we're going to just spend some time just in prayer, praying for hope in our lives and praying for hope in lives of others. Let's pray together.